Hey team, Evolve Strong with CJ. This is CJ and actually today I have a very, very special guest whom I've known now for six years, going on seven because it's our sixth season with the Gladiators, is Dr. Damon Sockman, an orthopedic surgeon and specialist here in Albuquerque and the team doc and now actually owns Albuquerque Orthopedic. So welcome doc. Thank you, CJ. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. So today's conversation, and this is just a wealth of knowledge, um, you know, in, in my business, I I try to keep people away from you, <laughs> but when absolutely necessary and critical, you're the only guy that I send them to. And it's all about, we're going to talk about knee health today. That is going to be our biggest deal. So if you're suffering from knee pain, knee weakness, um, osteoarthritic issues, uh, there, there's so many different, I'm, I'll hand it over. So let me not speak on behalf of the doc, but let's go and let's go and just begin, man. Let's talk about, you know, I handle all of the kind of the strengthening and, you know, the fascia release and, you know, with Nancy, some of the rehab and preventive stuff. But when somebody's experiencing knee pain, tell us exactly kind of like what would be your process, Doc? So tell me about that. Sure. Well, thanks, CJ, for helping me. Yeah, man. I will say on my prep for this, I uh, listened to a couple of your podcasts. <laughs> Good. I do promise to drink more water. <laughs> Listen, I'm pretty sure my pelvic floor is in good shape. <laughs> pelvic floor. Yeah, we we have a uh, Dr. Seiss and Dr. Peterson who kind of compete on that realm. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, thanks for the intro. I thought we talked a little bit about kind of knee health. Uh, we can go over some specific stuff about knee arthritis. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I've been here for about 16, 17 years now. Started in 2005 recently opened ABQ Orthopedics, a private orthopedic clinic, a new endeavor. I felt it was the right time in my career and, and just kind of circumstances happened and uh, we're three to four months in and things are, are going well. So you own your own practice now, ABQ Orthopedics. After all this, I'll make sure that within everything we publish that you will have complete access to Dr. Sockman in, um, in regards to being able to communicate with them after we've, we've discussed this. So I commend you on that. I'll tell you, being I've been an entrepreneur now. Well, you know, I used to mow lawns in, in middle school. So I started back then. I've actually only worked at um, um, uh, Ho Young Pak's Martial Arts Academy um as and uh james burke an attorney but those are the only two places i've ever well sports among this too but i've always owned my own business so uh, good luck man thank <laughs> you you have inspired me so uh, i thought i thought we'd talk a little bit about knee stuff i sort of thought through knee arthritis and knee pain and we can take that kind of any direction you want what what i jotted down is some common what i call myths or misconceptions about what we do or what i do as an orthopedic surgeon and I thought maybe that was a good way to approach it. I love it. Um, so we can we can kind of jump right in either through the notes. Um, to your question, when someone has knee pain, knee swelling, there are a bunch of different causes or reasons that could be going on. We'll focus a little bit, and we can go any direction you want. We can focus a little bit on, on osteoarthritis. There's a lot of confusing concepts and thoughts on what to do. Uh, so so let's step back from your experience. I know like I, I know you know you specialize in knees, hips, shoulders. Is this correct? Am I predominantly knee and shoulder care? Predominantly knee and shoulder care. Okay. So you really know about knee pain like like I do. Like if I, I see a client coming in and they're a hundred pounds overweight, that's a symptom of something much greater. And within about you know five minutes I can dive a little deeper into understanding, okay, I, I kind of can you tell us 
like what are the before we get into osteoarthritis tell us like the the predominant issues that you see with knee pain like can you can you kind of go like top three like what 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 are they Sure. So I, I do kind of all care with knees. So I, I see patients not quite cradle to grave, but close. You know, we take care of kids, young athletes to literally people in their 80s, 90s, and, you know, handful of patients in their hundreds with, with knee problems. We can focus on knee. Um, so number one by far um, will be arthritis. Uh, okay. Knee pain secondary to the actual joint or cartilage wearing out, which can be secondary to a bunch of different reasons. And then in the younger and athletic population, we'll see knee pain secondary to injury, which can commonly be a precursor to arthritis down the road. Okay. So there are a number. So those are kind of the broad categories. There's an injury or an arthritis problem or both, and they, they go together. And that's kind of how we approach her. That's what I'm trying to do as a, as a specialist, figure out that etiology, that cause, and then come up with a treatment plan. Okay, beautiful. I love that. So those are the top two. So let's let's go and it's let's dive into number one then the osteoarthritic issues. So what let's talk actually. So we have knee pain, right? We're coming in whatever we're doing here at Evolve or whatever they're trying to do. Um, they come in and see you. What is that first step? Like what what are they going to expect? Like what do you do? So we'll we'll kind of jump into maybe the first myth that, that yeah. I put on my sheet is that we or I as an orthopedic surgeon sees a patient and wants to do surgery immediately. That's just not, not the true, that's not the true um, practice that we do or I do or that most orthopedic surgeons do. We're, we're knee specialists, musculoskeletal specialists. Probably 40 to 50% of what I do is non-operative care. So helping people get better without surgery. And in general, that's always the initial approach. Uh, obviously there's so some people with severe injuries or fractures that do need surgery urgently, but the predominance of what we do is initially non-surgical care. And I love that. Let's reiterate that. About 50% of everything that you do is non-surgical. You just said that. You try to prevent it as much as possible, correct? correct. But what, so what I see though, unfortunately, is a lot of people come in and they're past a point where possibly non-surgical techniques have, have kind of been eliminated. Would you recommend it, on the onset, just to actually have someone under care come see you right away? Yeah, I think anyone that has knee pain for more than, say, a few weeks, anyone that has knee problems or pain where they can't do what they want to do, where they have swelling, um, they can start with someone like you, a personal trainer. But commonly, if they see us early, it's easier to treat that problem or get that patient better. And a lot of times, it may be more likely to avoid surgical treatment as well. Yeah, yeah. So when when you talk about this, when we talk about like the treatments themselves, so now we have now we're taking um, the bull by the horns. We're going to take control of our wellness, and we're going to go see the doc. Right? We're going to go see you. Now that you've kind of seen what's up, tell us a little bit about some of the treatments that are available that are non-surgical, actual stuff that can be done. Sure. So kind of a few different categories that we, we look at. And again, we're, you're asking pretty broad questions, which is fine, which yeah. is great. And, and the way I'm thinking about it is someone with not necessarily a major injury, and that can maybe be a separate talk to talk about ligament injuries, ACL tears, meniscus tears. I'm thinking, uh, and I think we're approaching this as more as someone that has an overuse injury that's maybe middle-aged and, and can't do what they could do 10 years ago. They're trying to do your program and just can't quite do it or do it the way that they want to do. So this is generally going to be a degenerative problem or arthritic problem. 
Um, and there's a full spectrum of arthritis, which is minor cartilage damage to full bone on bone deformity in a knee. So what I'm trying to do when someone comes in is assess where they are on that spectrum and then formulate a treatment plan based on that, uh, including based on what they maybe tried or done before, and then add some things and add some treatments. Um, and we can jump into what the types of treatments that we offer at ABQ Orthopedics. So as an orthopedic specialist, the stuff that we do in clinic is going to be um, the non-operative part of it is going to be injections. Uh, there's a few types of injections we do for knee pain and arthritis. And then really a lot of it is education and helping that patient understand what they can do and shouldn't do and should do and shouldn't do. And we kind of put it in those types of categories. So meaning we get people to people like you and, and encourage them to be active. Um, if you look at arthritis, uh, whether that patient needs surgery or not, it's very important to increase movement and strength in that joint, in that body. Even if that's a patient that may need a total knee replacement, they're going to do much better with their surgical care. They're going to do much better with what I do if they have maximized their strength and mobility prior to going through with their surgical care. Yeah, that, we've always seen that. If you're healthy going into surgery, the, the post end is so much better. I mean, it's quicker. I don't want to say it's easier because it's, it's a rough road, but it, it just seems like they handle it a lot better. The recovery period is a lot easier. Correct. I, I would say it's easier. It's easier in yeah. a lot of respects. It, it's quicker. There's less narcotic use when someone's prepared and educated for their surgery. And we're, we're talking about, you know, arthritis type surgery, knee replacement surgery um, predominantly, but obviously there's a lot of conditions in the knee and we can sort of cover those either in this talk or other talks. Yeah. So let's step back here a little bit. I want to, I want to kind of get a little bit into the depth here and, and what people fear, what I see a lot when, when they go and see someone like you, Doc, and which is completely contrary to what I've seen. I have clients that I have had now for about 15 years, right? And I've kept them pretty healthy, but there comes a point where they're going to have to come. They have experienced knee, knee pain. I, I'm, I'm speaking of one individual. I won't speak their name because of whatever, you know, the hip, all that stuff. But she, um, she recently, she's an avid hiker and she goes up into the mountains quite a bit. Um, and she was experiencing just instability, swelling um, in, in her, her knee. And what happened is when she went in with you, you did a, a thorough examination. Um, you actually provided a, a, a shot for inflammatory issues, an injection. And then now, you know, about four or five days later, her knee's feeling great and she's able to go up and hike again and feel good again about it. So it, non-surgical, but you really helped create that, you know, that environment without any surgery, just reducing the swelling and getting her back out to what she loves to do. Is that, I mean, is, is that correct? Yeah, again, depends on the patient, but that type of treatment injections is what we'll perform, but that's only part of the treatment. Part of why we do the injection is to allow the patient to be more active so they can build that strength, increase that mobility. And that's what's by and large more important is going to help the health of that knee joint more so than the injection itself. It's going to be the patient's ability to strengthen and be active. Sure. So, you know, our job and our partnership has been really cool. I mean, we, we have two CIF championships, multiple playoffs within the Gladiators. Our job is to put these guys back together and get them on the field and let them play, right? That's That's been our, our, our main job, right? And this is the same thing that we do with just regular clients as well. Yeah, I think that's 
you know, whatever level of activity that a patient is doing. And I, I, to your point, you know, I take care of literally hundred year olds that are just need to get to the kitchen and eat and get dressed. And I take care of pro athletes. So it's in, in some ways, a similar approach. We're trying to assess what that patient wants to do and or needs to do and try to allow them and get them to do that so they can enjoy their life, enjoy whatever they want to do. And it's going to be a wide variation based on that patient's age and interest. Sure, absolutely. So there's a couple of myths here that, you know, especially with osteoarthritic issues. Um, so we talked what we talked about injections. We talked about, you know, um, some medications. We, uh, well, you have medications, some topicals too. Um, but let's go down, uh, down the road here. Like if they come and see you and they're an avid runner, um, have you ever told anybody you can't run anymore? <laughs> no, not exactly. So I, okay. I think that's one of the, I think that's one of, uh, so one of the myths I wrote down is that, uh, running causes arthritis. That's a common, um, misconception. Oh, I have arthritis. I used to run. So that's why I have arthritis. That's not exactly true. And, and there's plenty of studies that show running in itself does not lead to arthritis. There's going to be other causes, usually multiple causes to get someone to have to a point where they have an arthritic knee. So I'm, I more guide people. I don't tell them what they can and can't do, but I'll give them sort of some guidelines on what may happen with different activities, including running. So it's going to be a different discussion for a patient that wants to get back to marathon running or playing basketball, or a patient that just wants to go for walks or for hikes. So those are different types of goals that are reasonable and, and they're goals that we support, whatever they are, whoever the patient is. So our, that, that's the approach and the treatment may be different based on those goals as well. Sure. Now, also here, it says that there's a misconception out there that arthritic issues are inevitable and progressive. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I, and, and again, going back to, I'd say another sort of, not myth, but misunderstanding is people don't always understand what arthritis, arthritis is. So we can just kind of go back to the basis basics. When someone says, or when I say you have arthritis, that means you have damage to your cartilage. And it can be a varying degrees, and, and some people don't quite understand that. Um, so all it is is damage to the cartilage or coating on the end of the bone. Um, Arthritis can progress, but doesn't always progress. You see arthritis at different stages in people when they're 50, 60, 70, but just because you have kind of mild or even moderate arthritis in your 40s does not necessarily mean you're going to have severe arthritis 10 years later. So it progresses or sometimes doesn't progress at different rates for different people. And even in the kind of research community, we don't fully understand why in some patients, it seems to progress and become severely painful. In other patients, it, it doesn't. Okay. So when, when we're talking, so what does, tell me, uh, maybe this is, I'm just curious. So when we get an injection and there's arthritic issues going on in the knee, what does that injection do? Like, what is the science behind that? So there's a few different injections. Most common, at least in, in our clinic and our practice, will be a steroid injection. Most people think a cortisone injection. It's actually a different substance now. That, that's an anti-inflammatory injection. So that does not reverse arthritis. That serves as an anti-inflammatory to the joint. So it controls the symptoms and pain caused by the damaged cartilage. And that can allow that patient to go back to you or go back to their workouts or go back to their hiking. 
Um, and we can touch on the other injections. There's um, a lot of uh, information out there that can be confusing. I think the big uh, categories that, that people hear about are, are PRP injections, platelet-rich plasma. Those are out there and are injected into the knee joint. That's where uh, you take the patient's blood, spin it down, and get the plasma, including the um, anti-inflammatory parts of your blood plasma, and re-inject that into a knee joint. There's some evidence that that can provide significant benefit in early arthritis. Um, we don't yet offer that. That's not covered by insurance. Um, the other common injection that we do is called uh, visco supplementation or a lubrication injection. Uh, the most sort of common one out there is Synvisc. There's five or six of those types of injections out there. That's when we inject um, substance that's similar to normal joint fluid. And that is thought and does also have some anti-inflammatory properties and also some cartilage protective properties. And then the other, there's a couple other things out there. One of the other ones that, that is sort of in the lay media, I guess, is stem cell injections. Um, and again, we don't yet offer that. The, the research is not clear kind of who most benefits from that, but that's when you also take the patient's own stem cells, either from their bone marrow or from their fatty tissue and concentrate those down, inject it into a knee joint. That's may or may not be the future of kind of biologic care of arthritis. It's not yet been definitively shown to regrow or rebuild cartilage, but it, uh, it is thought and there's some evidence that it is cartilage protective, meaning in early arthritis, it may stop or prevent the progression of arthritis. So those are kind of some of the things that are, that are out there. Uh, and we offer the steroid injections and the lubrication injections at this time. And we may expand that as we kind of see more evidence as uh, to those other injections being beneficial. Sure. So um, let's come to the point now, though, where, you know, if you see a patient coming in, you know, it's just, uh, let's go in my room. What does 10 pound weight loss do to that joint with arthritic pain? Yeah, I think you're getting at kind of obesity, weight control, those kind of things and the effect on knee joint. Um, so one of the things that I'll, I'll explain to a patient is that when you're even just walking, not even running, that we call it the joint reactive force or the, the force that goes through your knee joint with uh, when you take a step is really actually two to three times your body weight. So with weight loss, say a 10 pound weight loss, you're actually decreasing that stress through that joint by 20 to 30 pounds. So even a, a wow. small amount of weight loss can significantly decrease that stress through the joint, which subsequently decreases the pain and the uh, arthritic sort of process in that joint. Can I ask, I know this is, I'm throwing this out there, about how many patients do you see that are clinically overweight? Uh, depends how you define it. I mean, I think if you look nationally or regionally, it's, you know, it's up to 60 to 70 percent of people are over, you know, defined overweight, body mass index over 30. Sure. Um, so it's, it depends how you define it, but very common, uh, very hard problem that's kind of in your realm. Uh, the relation to arthritis is there. So with obesity, there is a higher incidence of arthritis, that arthritis or that degeneration of that knee is going to happen more quickly in an obese patient. Sure. So we, you know, um, 
some of the action items, the action items right now, and it's a catch 22 because if their knee is hurting so bad, they can't exercise, right? So they're gonna have to probably, if, if they're at that point, they need to come see you right away, right? They need to come see if there's that much pain for that long time. Right, and that's kind of another on the kind of myth list is that um, it's very common for people to come with, with arthritic pain that can be fairly severe and, and just say they can't exercise because of pain, which which is partially true. That's going to limit your activity, but it's also part of the treatment is to increase that movement and strength, which is exercise. So it's really finding the right type of exercise that can be done to allow that strengthening and movement to improve. And, you know, there's a lot of research recently and, you know, for a while now that patients that do the therapy therapeutic stuff uh, whether it's personal training or physical therapy before their knee replacement even someone with fairly advanced arthritis bone-on-bone -bone arthritis someone that does uh, is in that category that would benefit from a knee replacement they do significantly better with their surgery if they do some strengthening before their surgery and i spend a lot of time explaining that there's a lower complication rate there's a quicker time to recovery, there's less pain if they can get at least optimize what they can do with their body and their leg and their knee before going through that major surgery. Sure. Well, Doc, our next, our next podcast is going to be actually, let's, let's transition here now. Our next podcast, I would like to cover the actual surgery. Okay. So, but before we leave these guys um, today, which, um, what would be before we, pre-surgery, what would be your number one word of advice, actions that they can take um, for someone right now in, in this, if having these issues? I think, well, I'd say two things. Someone with knee pain, if it's severe, uh, come see us, come see me, and we'll, we'll make a plan on how to get that pain under control. And two is whatever stage of, of pain or arthritis you're in, stay active, find a way to do something um, to keep moving. Awesome. Right up our alley, right, guys? Hey, so listen up. Your action items today. I know I, I we see knee pain all the time. Don't ignore it. Take action. Take control of your health, guys. You know, these whole podcasts are about educating and, and making fitness and wellness easy for you guys and having a constant reminder as your trainer and as your doc. Um, this guy I trust. I mean, we've partnered now and we've had great, great success. Um, he's the real deal, much higher pay grade, much smarter than I am. And so, you know, if, if, if you need that help, that's where he's at. ABQ Orthopedics. I'll put all his contact information and we're going to have an additional podcast talking about if we are past that point where we actually need knee surgery. He's going to kind of walk us through that next step on the next one. All right. Hey, listen up. We do this as a community service to help, you know, inspire wellness throughout New Mexico and the United States and all over the world. Hey, guys, we have Australia now and China actually on our podcast, guys. We have live viewers from there. So thanks to our Chinese and our uh, our uh, uh, Australian friends out there. Hey, listen up. Remember, subscribe. Um, go ahead and comment and make sure you guys give us a good review. But I'll put all Doc Sockman's information on um, this post. And then secondly, guys, watch out for our next one. We're going to go actually from preventive care all the way into surgical care on the next one. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Doc.